Welcome to episode nine of Sport Oregon Voices. This podcast gives you an insider's look at upcoming events and shares the unique stories that prove there's no better place in the world for sports than here in Oregon. This episode is all about the Eugene Marathon. The largest marathon in the Pacific Northwest takes place each spring on the last weekend of April. It serves as the unofficial opening of running season with runners coming from far and wide to enjoy the sun in Tracktown, USA. Today we're joined by Sport Oregon COO Micah Janet Veneman and Eugene Marathon directors Ian Dobson and Becky Radliff. If you want sport at the highest level, we've got you. Welcome to Episode 9 of Sport Oregon Voices. Welcome to Episode 9 of Sport Oregon Voices. We are here in Tracktown, USA today to talk all about the Pacific Northwest's largest marathon, the Eugene Marathon. Taking place April 28th to the 30th this year, the marathon and half marathon courses traverse through the communities of Eugene and Springfield on the same roads that the world's best runners have competed on for over 50 years. Most recently at the World Athletics Championships Oregon 22 last July. Fly through the campus of the Oregon Ducks, wind along the Willamette River and experience the magic of Hayward Field as you cross the finish line in the theater for track. I'm Micah Janet Veneman, the COO at Sport Oregon, and we are joined today by Becky Radliff and Ian Dobson from the Eugene Marathon. Thanks for joining us and for hosting us here in beautiful Tracktown, USA. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Glad you made the trip down, yeah. Yeah, it was so beautiful. The sunshine came out. Beautiful, yeah, you know. That's how it is. Oregon weather. That's right. You know? Exactly. It was pouring down rain this morning and now it's... We have it all. We have it all here. We have it all. Um, This is, I think, the 16th year of the Eugene Marathon, right? This is number 17, I think, right? It would have been. It would have been 17 had we not canceled in 2020. But um, but yeah, we're... um, This is the 16th running. 16th. 16th is a... Yeah. So how is how is it going? Like it's coming good. out of like Oregon 22 and... Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, Ian, you can talk to this too, but I feel like it's going really well. You know, we've, um, or our registration numbers are higher actually than they've ever been. Knock on wood, it's going to be wood around here somewhere. <laughs> so, so far so good. Um, and, you know, we're really, I think, seeing that um, a lot of the like, runners who maybe started running for the first time since COVID, um, like are signing up for races again. And that has, you know, meant that our registrations were seeing not only returning runners, but a lot of first timers. So mm-hmm. we're pretty excited about that and um, hopeful that we'll um, get to what we've deemed a sellout event this year. So we also, as you know, I'm saying we also have somebody new leading our marketing. Um, which is seems to be going well. So that's that's Becky um, is doing the marketing. Oh, so oh, so um, yeah. so we're gonna you know I don't know if we if we can attribute all of the no, growth that we're seeing not. to Becky or to COVID <laughs> or to a combination of the two. But but yeah, we're right now things are going great and it's it's fun to be um, you know able to focus on a lot of things that make the event fun and special rather than focusing just on hoping that we get more people and that we, you know it's it feels like we're in a great place. So yeah. speaking of which though, you're. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. Are you? Yeah, you're you're going to okay, be lined up. Yeah, PSA. I'm officially registered. Uh, I don't know if my body and my legs know that yet, but yeah, I'm in. I can't wait. Well, um, no, no refunds. So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but to your point, Ian, it's always the people behind the brand. So I'm pretty sure it's because of Becky and not just because of the world. And um, talking about people, you have been here for 15 years, like from the start. So how have you seen that race? Growing? I haven't. So I will. I have to qualify that. I haven't been here for for quite that long. So I actually moved to Eugene in 2010, um, which was interesting because I didn't. It didn't even occur to me that the Eugene Marathon was not just a fundamental like institution at that point. Even just three years in, it was started in 2007. Even three years in, it was just absolutely part of the fabric of the community, real cornerstone of the running community and everything. So I moved here um, and fortunately got to start working sort of tangentially with the marathon soon after that. Um, but honestly didn't come on full time um, with the event until 2017. So I feel like I've gotten to experience it as a person who's new in town, as a person in the running community, as kind of a, you know, a contractor sort of working working in to now, um, you know, over the last six or so years being part of the core team or a small team. And so that's been fun. I think, I think the, I think you use the term like community embracing it and whatnot. And I think that's very much how it felt to me being on the outside of it. Now being on inside of it, it's, you know, you think about it so much that sometimes it's hard to know what's working and what's not. But certainly when I came here and the event was young, um, it was obvious that it was something that the community was really thirsty for and, um, and had embraced. Um, and didn't you run it? <laughs> this is a sensitive subject. I, no, I didn't. You don't have to talk about it. <laughs> just, thanks, Becky. <laughs> Try to give Becky a compliment over here. You know, she's doing great on the marketing. And then she's like, oh, yeah, remember that one time you dropped out because you got hurt? Um, I did. I, I ran the first four miles of it, intending to run the whole thing. I think 2016. I think it was 2016. Um, it was 2016 because that was the year that you hurt your calf. And I hurt my calf. Yeah, at it was the World was Indoor a, Championships. A lingering in injury. Portland. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a real. So I have not run it um, other than to start it, run the first four miles, and then went back to the stadium. So maybe this is the reason that there's actually now all these different distances. That's right. You don't have to. Run you don't have to run the full marathon. This right. is like really a race for everyone. If I'd been smart enough to sign up for the 5K, yeah, it would have gone can, great. Yeah, you can do it all. So, um, yeah, and I was even talking about this with my family. I'm like, you can like, hey kids. That's right. Like so. Um, Becky, give us a little bit um, but the rundown about what are all the distances, yeah. everybody can run, no yep. excuses. So there's the distance that Ian probably should have run in 2016. And <laughs> I should I should also say, um, uh, to give him a compliment, it's the distance he ran in 2008 to make the Olympic team. So Thank you, Becky. Yeah. That's very sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not this related is how to marketing gets yeah. your attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, they jinx yeah, it and then they pull you back down. It goes up and, and down, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have our 5K, which has become a really big community um, run. We actually saw a huge leap in our entries in 5K when we went to Austin in um, 2019. And that year, really like we got over 1200 runners in our 5k which is wow. pretty big wow. for any, a, yeah. a community 5k and then last year we had um we actually ended up selling out a couple days before um the race because um uh we had so many runners so we had almost um i think it was like 1800 um in the 5k last year hopefully we'll get to that point this year um but um and right before the 5k is actually my one of my favorite races um, 
which is the kids run. So it's a 1K, mm. um, which is a great distance for kids. I think, you know, it's yeah. not quite a mile and it's uh, not, you know, quite an 800. It's a good, it's like a distance event for a kid, you know. Yeah. <laughs> With it's thousand meters, like thousand. It yeah, does not stop yeah, them from, it doesn't stop them from just sprinting off the line. Yeah. It is, is like, amazing. You know, and, then, and then like 200 meters in, they're like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and you see a lot of kids grabbing their knees and then, you know, finishing the race eventually. So everything, you know, that a 5Ker gets, they get a medal and a race bag and um, a shirt, pancakes. I think the pancakes are probably their favorite. So that's, that's really fun. We, we love that those events have grown. And to get to our last two distances, the reason those first two have grown is because we saw such success in like Courtney, our owner talks about it. Um, like the, the, in the first few years, I think Ian talked to it a little bit in 2007, it was, our marathon was named the best new marathon in the U S by runners, runners world. And, um, and it, it only grew from there. So it was like, you know, by 2009, when the first kids run and 5k happened, you know, our, it was like close to 10,000. Um, the marathon and half marathon, so really big for a community of our size, and um, and what we've seen is then that has you know uh, kind of had that overflow effect into the Saturday events. Um, but then we've of course our cornerstone event is our marathon, and then I think it's really special that we also have a half marathon that um, runs the first close to nine miles, ten miles, ten miles with yeah. the marathoners. Um, it really helps with. Know, keeping things busy on the course and <laughs> pacing and all that fun stuff but um yeah those are our four events that we do um and like you said it's kind of a distance for everyone i just have to jump in because i feel like one of the things that like like becky and i sort of came into this event um not that we came in at exactly the same time but we've, we've come in at a time when the event is established and so we get to come in and do all these things that make us seem like the nice guys, right? Like, which, which we want to be for sure, but like doing a corporate challenge, the kids run, we do a high school scholarship program. There's any number of programs that are like not mission critical per se, but they're what make it a community event. They're what make it, I think, really important throughout. So being able to come in and not have to, to reinvent the operations of it or reinvent the registration sort of uh, demand sure, we want to improve those things. We always want to keep growing, but it's like, it's a huge luxury, right? To come in and be able to like, be like, hey, rather than have to focus on, um, you know, reinventing a coning plan or something, we get to play with a corporate challenge or something. It's like, it's a really cool spot to be in, you know, which I think is not saying just out of humility. It's really just like, we get to come in and like, yes. like we sort of inherited something that's a good thing. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think this is where we have to give out a shout out to Courtney um, the owner, she's always like hands on at the finish line, um, up the night before. So there's, it's not just a silent owner. It's no. a very active um, staff member, too. And um, yeah, she's amazing. Um, with that said, and, and you know, we could talk more about this because I think having a great playground, there's still a lot and it goes back to the people that you can either play it well on the playground or you can not be humbled and take it too easy and then it goes the other way. Yeah. So I think totally. you all do an amazing, fantastic job. Um, 
And then, so April 28th till April 30th, this is also my birthday weekend. That's why I know the weather can be so and so, but most of the time, it's the first time when we really feel like we can wear shorts, we can wear t-shirts, we can sit outside without the extra layer. Um, so it really feels like signing up for this race is like, okay, I can pack, I can pack shorts and not like other races like in the spring here, um, where it's like, oh my God, are we like running in a snowstorm? Um, <laughs> So with that said, well, let's Ian, hope so. Yeah, Micah, you're you're <laughs> right? fixing us here. Come on. I mean, I mean, if you look back, <laughs> yeah, no, I have true. only it's run true. this race with nice weather. I haven't explored it the other way. But how do you tell people how to prepare? How do you prepare? And that's the other thing. You can have all this playground, but it's a life event, yeah. and um, there's still hundred thousand obstacles that you yeah. can't control. I mean, I think it's. I don't know if this gets at your question exactly, but I do think, I mean, one of the things that, that is, you know, one of the, this being Tracktown USA and being a community that's really known for running is largely a result of, well, it's certainly a result of the people that have been here, but it's also, also just, we have a great climate for it. Yeah. It is wet in the winter, right? But you can run outside all year round and, and it's, it's actually a pretty good place to be running in the winter. Um, once in a while you get soaked, but but it's a heck of a lot better than training for a marathon in the summer in Texas or something, right? And so, yeah. so I think what we see is like this, this kind of sweet spot here of people in our community who have been, or in our region, who've been training through the winter. This kind of bookends that winter season um, has provided this, this motivation throughout the winter. Um, and then we see people from other regions like Texas, Arizona, California, where it's going to get hot in the summer not necessarily the time that you want to be training for a marathon. So they've been able to train through the winter in a cooler climate, cooler weather in their climate anyway, come here, run this. So it's, you know, I think it, it it's, I don't know if it's necessarily a happy accident, but certainly a, a nice positioning there. Um, of course it fits up with a, you know, normal sort of uh, marathon calendar, spring and fall. Um, but yeah, it's, it, we're really fortunate here, right? You know, as a runner myself, like we're able to get out there all year round. Um, you know, it's not running sitting USA. That's right. That's Run, right. It's, a, it's a good USA. place to be a runner. And like, and like you said, I mean, in, in the, again, this is, I feel terrible saying this, but like it, it's, it's rained one year of the Eugene marathon. It's yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. It will rain sometime. Right. And we, we always have to plan for it, which I mean, not it this was year. pouring like yeah. 15 minutes before the start of the kids that last, dash year. last yeah. year. Yeah. And, and it the was, pancake and, looked at me and was like, yeah. uh, do you have a poncho? <laughs> if it rains, it will be fine. But it's, I mean, certainly it's like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, one of those first weekends when you can usually count on it being pretty nice. And uh, so certainly fingers crossed. And I think as always with Oregon, with Portland, with Eugene, people underestimate, you know, they look at the Tokyo Marathon, they look at the New York Marathon, they look at London, Berlin, whatever, and they're like, yeah, people travel there from all over the world. But then we looked at the stats for Eugene, and it's like, okay, they come from all 50 states, but not even that. They come from like over 25 countries. Yeah. So that is really like an international event. So how do you prepare for that? What, like, what is a story that happened? Or, I mean, there's yeah. lots of stories. <laughs> but um, how do you deal with such a diverse international group that then like lands here in Eugene, Oregon, which is amazing. It is, and and I I feel like 
we don't actually do that much like to prepare for having people from I mean we had 50 like you said 50 states and 29 countries represented it in our registration um, numbers from last year and like already we expect similar um, demographics for this year and I think our city and our community is already prepared for that. Eugene is a college town. Uh, we have a very, I think, um, diverse collegiate. Everyone who works or goes to the yeah. U of O, like yeah. it, and the community is um, an extension of that. So I think you know we have we have a very welcoming um, community, and I also feel like it's just very easy to to travel here, to be here. Um, we I think make we do our best as an event to make it easy for people who are staying in the hotels um, to be able to get to Hayward Field. So we offer shuttles on race morning and um, and it's also just really close. Like, I mean, when you think about it, if you're staying downtown, Hayward Field is maybe a mile away. <laughs> so, you know, as opposed to, you know, when you're in Chicago or New York and it's just a big city. Yeah. So um, Eugene is just, I think, a very easy place to be. It's easy to navigate. It's welcoming. Um, and then I, I think on top of all that, the history of the region is, is and you know, Nike, Track Town, um, the U of O uh, track and field team, it really, I think, um, that's why people come here. And it's what they, they want to put together that whole weekend track town kind of experience, um, which culminates with them finishing a marathon on Hayward Field. And so um, our community organizations like Track Town USA and Eugene Cascades and Coast um, really do a great job of kind of setting that stage and making, giving people the ability to go run on Pree's Trail, visit Pree's Rock, like do kind of a, the whole sort of pilgrimage experience to track town. And then our job is put on a great marathon, you know, make sure they can get to the start line, um, have a great race experience, cross the finish line and get that sort of, you know, full Hayward Field experience. I think we sometimes don't um, shout it out enough from the top of the mountain. This is like running capital of the world. And you guys are super humbled. Oregon is like a super hidden treasure sometimes. We're, we're gaining way more traction, but I think we can be much louder and prouder for what we have. And, and um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the course because that's, not 100% the course, but there's parts that were used last year oh, yeah. um, for the world's elite to run on. And I mean, you you had the pleasure and the honor to design to design both routes. Yeah. You were very involved last year. Um, but let's talk a little bit about this year's course um, and um, what makes yeah. it so special and iconic. Yeah, so the course that we're running this year and we ran last year are very similar to the courses that were what we're calling the traditional course, basically. We're back to the traditional course. Like any city, there's always some small changes here and there, but um, but we're really proud to kind of get to go back to that. The cities, both Springfield and Eugene, really like that. It was developed um, you know, in coordination with the cities and the police and everything. So so it serves a lot of purposes. I think from a runner perspective, it's fun because you, you start at Hayward Field. You get to experience Hayward Field three times. You experience it at the start, you run by it at nine miles, and you finish there. So that's a great anchor. You start and then you head south into the university neighborhood and South Eugene neighborhoods, which are just 
beautiful, very neighborhoody neighborhoods. They're like super cute. People are out on their front lawns. It's just, it feels like you're in like a real community, which you are. Um, a byproduct of that sometimes is that we have to be a little bit quiet too. Like we're not in downtown Chicago or something. We have to be respectful of our neighbors, right? And so the course entertainment and things like that that we see on the course, we have to be kind of strategic about where that goes because maybe it's appropriate to have a choir early on, but not a DJ like just pounding music, right? So, so some of those things that people experience, they reflect like literally just where they are in the course. Um, one of the things that I'm most excited about that does represent a little bit of a change to some of the previous year's courses is um, our little jaunt through downtown Springfield, which is just coming alive. Um, I live in downtown Springfield and just, um, I'm really proud of it. Like it's really fun to be part of this community that's like really growing. We're literally just like a mile from the university from Eugene, but we're across I-5, we're, you know, it's a different community. So we go through downtown Springfield, um, we then go through Alton Baker Park, which is just our beautiful sort of iconic park that if you watch the World Championships, right, you saw a lot of great aerial views of that. Um, we go by Autzen Stadium. Um, and then we have a lot of time on the bike path, the river path that's just like, I mean, I think like the nicest bike path around. The city has redone large sections of it recently. So some of the sections that were lumpy and bumpy are now really nice and smooth. So. Um, it's shaded. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So later on in the in the race, it's because it's cool always and... a sunny weekend. Because so. we can count. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna exactly. want the shade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, overall, I think it's like it. It we try to balance this like like making it a fast like performance driven course and also making it a beautiful course that is going to be really fun to run and it's going to show off our community. And I think we you know those things are pretty much um, compatible here, but we really try to balance them. And, and the same thing counts when it comes to the day before everybody's like being in a smaller town and not like in a big city, like everybody's going to pick up their bib, everybody's at the health and wellness expo and it just feels like a huge festival even um, the day before and you have put in so much work to make it even better and bring it from the fairgrounds more um, into the downtown and um, make it a really cool event. So please tell us all about it. Yeah, all, so all about it, Becky. the Health and Wellness Expo um, is on Friday and Saturday before the race. So um, Friday afternoon and then into um, all day Saturday. And we have a good mix of local vendors and also um, some industry, uh, running industry vendors that I think make it really special. Um, and I, I think last year was a, a bit of a tough year for our expo because of COVID. Um, the mask mandate had just been lifted um, in, in the state of Oregon. And so a lot of our sponsors and some of the bigger activations um, decided not to activate. So it was a very small expo. Um, and this year, we, but we have stayed in the same location. We are just expanding into a very big ballroom space at the Graduate Hotel, um, which to your point is like, like location-wise is so convenient. It's really um, great for um, both our local um, uh, community as well as people traveling here because you know if you're staying at the Graduate Hotel, you just walk down, you go to the expo, and then the next day you hop on the shuttle to get to Hayward. So um, to my yeah. previous point, it, it, we try to make it as easy as possible. 
Um, so uh, this year, I think um, one thing that we can look forward to is, is one, more vendors um, at, the, at the expo, at the main expo, but then also across the street in the new market alleyway at Fifth Street near the Gordon Hotel um, and between kind of the Fifth Street Marketplace and the Nike store. Um, we'll have some vendors within that alleyway. Um, we have, um, you know, things like, uh, you know, kind of fun things um, like our minor league baseball team has their mascot that comes out. And we have um, the Eugene Symphony last year had some, uh, you know, musical uh, acts, some live music, which was really fun. And then um, our lead vehicle, which is, um, manufactured um, here in Eugene, Arkimoto. It's a uh, electric vehicle um, and they were doing test drives. So people could, you know, as part of the expo, they would go over to the alleyway and they'd be able to test drive like straight from there. So that was kind of a fun thing. Um, we're looking forward to this year working with the Nike store there, which is an amazing location. It's a beautiful store um, and hope they're gonna um, be hosting some things that we can't really talk about now, but we're really excited about working with them. So, yeah. I think one of the things, as Becky's talking to, that like strikes me <laughs> is like, that we're sort of saying like, we, as a team, our, our staff went out to the Chicago Marathon this last fall, um, really to just learn from them. You know, it's kind of this gold standard and we really look up to how they do it. And we came, about, came away from that with like lots of lessons learned and also lots of, ideas about how we don't necessarily want to do it. Not because we don't think that the way they do it is great. It's just that we're a very different event, a different community, and it's a different scale. Like we would not snap our fingers and have 40,000 people tomorrow, even if we could. It, that's, not, that's not our community right now, right? That, I think that as we grow, we want to grow in a, in a controlled way. We want this to be convenient. Like the way that Becky's talking about that, I think is not just, oh, it happens to be that our shuttles are at these certain hubs of hotels, it's like, we really want to make sure that this is something that somebody can either locally just plug into or can travel and, and feel like it's it's a hometown race, race yeah. in some ways, you know? And um, so it's, it's a, again, a kind of a balance to strike. We don't want it to feel small. It's not small, but we do want it to feel really accessible and smooth and just, yeah. yeah. No, I hear you, but I think, again, this makes it what it is and, and just even that hometown feeling, that hometown grown, local organized, you live here every day, you can talk to businesses. You mentioned um, the expansion to um, uh, um, uh, Springfield. Springfield, yes. Thank yeah. You. Come on, Mike. Springfield. On. Springfield, yeah. Oregon. I went there. Nobody's going to really forget good, that name. Really good bars. The That's right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. So I, think, I think just seeing rural communities in Oregon um, stepping it up and having a chance and like that you even inspired them and others I think that is so helpful and that will that 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 creates a huge change um, and not for the generation of runners that are running the full marathon now but also for their kids that stuff they remember um, so that's great um, talking about the race weekend again I had no problem convincing my husband to come with me. He is a dedicated non-runner, maybe runs once a year. Um, but he's like, of course I'm going to come because I love Eugene. They have good beer. Um, but then he was like, oh, we're staying three days. What else can I do? And what do I do with the kids? 
So what's the plan? I take them to the expo, yeah. they run the race, yep. but what else? Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the things that, I don't know, I, I'll jump in just because I feel like particularly enthusiastic about this, even though I don't have kids, but, yeah. but I, where our office is down here, you know, we're near downtown and within four blocks of here, we have two awesome indoor climbing gyms. Um, we have like one of the best skate parks in the state. Covered too. Covered. We have a butte here that's beautiful for hiking. I mean, all literally just like, I mean, any of those things we can do on a lunch break. Um, so in addition to like the breweries and wineries and stuff that I think we know about, right? We know that our whole region has those. I think Eugene is like, again, maybe we're not unique in that way, but certainly I think we stand out there. Like it's, it's, there are things like that that are just important to an active family with kids. Um, you can come here and it's not just about that. I think the, the, um, the Raptor Center, the Eugene totally. Science Center, yeah. you could go on and on about just like, oh, these yeah. are like the super fun things. I have nephews who are four and six and it's like, we never wonder what to do with the nephews, yeah. right? So there's always something to do. And I think what's fun too is in addition to those type of activities that are like very family friendly, also like, you know, you might not think that like taking your kid to a winery would be very family friendly, but there are certain wineries that offer like, for example, a Friday night, you know, concert and you know, you can have a picnic and there's tons of kids and dogs. And, you know, I mean, I think we do that pretty well in Oregon where it's like, you know, you, you have uh, a brewery or a pub, like public house, you know, um, in Springfield actually. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and other places that have both kind of that like adult and kid friendly activities kind of all in one. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you are looking for specific recommendations, Ian and, Ian and I got you covered. The two of us and the, we should say the Eugene Cascades yeah. Coast, um, our, our local DMO, have they have a ton of like what to do while you're here kind of stuff. And, and yeah. uh, For those of you as, who don't as, have as, our cell phones. Yeah, as, in, <laughs> as enthusiastic as we are about it, yeah. they're like the real resource, right, of like they are. compiling all yeah. of it. But it's, and it they've, fun. What's, been, what's great about working with them is they have um, these specific like experiences that they put together. So if you have a husband who's really into beer and he wants to go on the different like it's called like a, the ale trail I think and you can try out all the different breweries or at least see a map and then pick which ones you want to go to um, and then uh, you know they have you know a food trail and a wine trail and you know waterfall hikes that are nearby um, there's just just about anything you can think of is on their website so you just kind of have to look at what you're interested in and then go from there which is awesome I mean, that sounds much better. I suggested volunteering for him. Um, okay, thanks. You need like nine. This is why. This is why you're the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is really good and working. All right, we'll sign him so, up. Um, <laughs> but I think that's another thing. Um, and all jokes aside, yeah, yeah. what made that race or makes that make that race what it is and it comes back to the community and it comes back to how much people embrace it and also how you say thank you and everything i think this marathon stands out to me so much because of its volunteers and how you organize them and how they were there from day one and how they continue to keep um, helping and supporting and it's 900 people or more right that get up at five or three or 
whatever and are there the day before and help you. It's a lot of people and it's and it just it doesn't happen without them, right? I mean you a number like nine hundred is is like, okay, so if those people are not involved, it just doesn't happen. Like not even close. So I mean all of our water stations, like I mean any number of things, setting up for the expo, turning down the expo, like handing out medals at the finish, like it just goes on and on and on, making pancakes. And so we're really lucky, I mean, to be able to partner with a lot of organizations that support that and kind of bring their people there. Um, but there's a lot of just organic, like, hey, we want to be part of this. And I think that's one of the things that we're probably most proud of in terms of like an indicator that we are experiencing success in like the impact we're having in the community is that we don't struggle to get those volunteer groups. Our volunteer coordinator, who's wonderful, is, is her job is really communicating with them. It's not recruiting so much. That volunteer base exists. I mean, they're enthusiastic. They seem like they look forward to it every year. And like, we feel just incredibly fortunate there. And I think part of it too, is that we have made a commitment to make a donation to each of those volunteer groups. So if they can commit to, you know, 15 to 20 volunteers, then we make a donation to that high school team or that local charity. And for us, like that's, that is like, you know, well worth the the payment for that level of commitment, you know, um, so. One thing I you guys keep bringing up and you keep talking about the pancakes and the pancakes and the pancakes. <laughs> um, yes, Krusty's is a sponsor and you, I, uh, we did some research and it was like 1,600 pounds of pancakes mix was consumed post-race last year. Yeah. I don't even know how much that is. It's a couple of um, pallets. That's a few years of, of yeah. making them on Sundays. Yes. But um, yeah, what is this partnership all about? And why is it like pancakes everywhere? I mean, you know, uh, our owners are also the owners of Krusty's. So um, that is, that is, I think, the, where the connection um, started. Yeah. Uh, but I think what's been really fun is to see, and this is another thing that we have inherited. So um, I'm just speaking to the great foundation of pancakes that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was here, a stack, a solid a stack of pancakes. I don't just know. keep going. Um, I'll yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, but you know it it starts with just like. Plain and simple, we have a huge pancake breakfast after all our races. I think that that's something that, uh, you know, surprisingly to me as someone who came into the Eugene Marathon in 2019, attended um, a bunch before that, helped out as, and volunteered. Um, and uh, I always just was like, no, like every race should do pancakes. And, and I found out that it's not done in other races. Like this is like a very special thing that we have. So it, it created this foundation and then a lot of fun came from that as well as charitable contributions that the Eugene Marathon makes. So um, I think the fun part is part of our 5K. We have Flapjack. And Flap Jill, they're two very, very, I would say the fastest pancakes in the world. I mean, I'm I don't sure. know. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think oh, we, we can, can make that claim. Let's say it. But yeah. we, we find some very fast runners um, to race in the pancake costumes every year. Um, their identities remain anonymous um, every year. Um, although sometimes afterwards it'll slip out um, in the beer garden that you're 
having a beer with Flapjack, but um, he's not allowed to drink beer in Flapjack costume, though, by the way. Wow. Yeah, that's now that's a, rule. a rule. Yeah, it's now a rule. But um, but anyways, they run, and one of the fun things is that if you beat Flapjack or Flap Jill, you are sent coupons for a year's worth of pancakes, which is a lot of pancakes. So it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good deal. And then um, and then anyone who doesn't beat the pancake. Uh, Krusty's and Eugene Marathon makes a donation to um, one of our uh, local charities um, uh, for, for that purpose. So um, we partnered with CASA of Lane County um, this year, as well as Ronald McDonald House um, here in Southwest um, Washington and Oregon. There are two big, they provide a ton of volunteers, are super supportive. And then in turn, we um, make some donations to them. So that's, I mean, that's just kind of the cyclical pancake. You make fun. it sound like, you make it sound like it's kind of like selfish if you beat the pancakes. Like if you beat the yeah. pancakes, you get pancakes and Casa doesn't get our donation. That's which true. Which is sort of, yeah. I don't know, we got to rethink that. Yeah. I think. So maybe if you beat the pancake, you should, you should double be required your, yeah, we'll, to we'll, don't we'll figure make something. <laughs> I think going back to pancakes, I mean, pancake breakfast, I feel like is sort of like, like, it's not symbolic. I mean, there's a real pancake breakfast, but I feel like it's part of the whole to do that we're trying to make about people doing this event, right? Whether you're running 5k half marathon marathon for a lot of the people who are doing it, it's a big deal in their lives. Like we were saying earlier, they've spent their winter training for it. They've come down on their birthday weekend. They've done any number of things, right? To like sort of do this thing that's, that's hard. And so we want to do everything we can to just make that special, you know, and like, do pancakes alone make it special? Probably not, but I think they really contribute to that. You know, it's your post-race beer, it's your pancakes, it's finishing on the finish line at Hayward Field. Um, it, seeing your name up on the experience board at Hayward Field, any number of things that, yeah, you could do without this or without that, but I think that's one of the things that's really fun about our roles is like kind of putting yourself in the headspace of somebody who's finishing. Um, whether that was somebody who got to run at Hayward Field when they were in college or, or, or like most people not, you know, for most people, that's maybe the one time or the one way that they're going to be able to experience that. And it's, um, it's fun to just like think about that and try to make it as special and meaningful as possible. And I think pancakes are just part of the, like, it means you're going to stick around for a while and it means you're going to kind of soak up more of this like Hayward magic. Yeah. Yeah. Don't sell me on uh, okay. I'll, I'll stop selling it. <laughs> There's another yeah. really, and you mentioned donations yeah. earlier, um, Becky, the Eugene Marison partnered with Peace House to launch the Strides for Stuff mm -hmm. Justice. Um, Strides for Social Justice. That's mm -hmm. the right word, sorry. And as we celebrate Black History Month, I also like to refer it as Black Excellence Month. Um, tell us about the app, tell us about the marathon's commitment and and what's being part of the solution when it comes to racism in your community. Because I think it's really powerful and it's one thing that I have only seen you guys doing, not a lot of races. And, um, special. Well, thanks for asking. My Strides for Social Justice is one of the projects I've worked on in my career that I'm the most proud of. So, um, you know, and I think uh, how it started was in 2020, Peace Health was our healthcare provider and a big part of their sponsorship happens on event weekend. So, you know, we were on Zoom call after Zoom call with them. We were sitting with them and um, just kind of uh, brainstorming about what can we do instead. And um, it was also 
at the time in 2020 when, you know, really a lot of organizations were waking up to the racial injustices in our country. And we wanted to do what we could to shed light to that in our community in Eugene and Springfield. And so we worked with PeaceHelp to develop an app that would um, teach people about black history in Eugene um, and also encourage them to move their bodies. And then I think the last one, and this is like the most important one, is that hopefully by learning and by moving, they're also uh, having, a, a kind of encouraging a movement of the heart. So essentially like by learning and moving your body at the same time, it's like you're experiencing history in a very physical way. And so hopefully that also encourages a movement and a change of heart in, in certain ways that hopefully will um, help deal with that as, as, you know, we all try to do what we can. And I feel like um, that was, that's one way. Um, other. Like I, we learned so much, like I learned so much getting to work on this app. Like we were literally getting to kind of do the research in terms of like, yeah. what are the the landmarks that should be on this, what's the content that goes in, finding the photos and everything, and just learning about like the exclusion laws that exist in Oregon. That's not something that I knew about. Maybe that was taught to me and I just didn't absorb it, but I kind of don't think it was. You know, I think yeah. that was like part of our history that just is not generally known. And like for me, it is super illuminating, um, especially when as an event, we're trying to create a space where everybody can see themselves and everybody feels included, right? So it's one thing for people who are traveling in here to feel included, but we also really want people who are all here to feel like that, you know? And so I think Becky's done a lot this time around already to intentionally like invite people from other communities um, to come here and be part of this event, you know? Whether you're black or brown or whatever, we want you to feel like this is a good place for you. And, but I also know that like us just saying that does not accomplish it. Right. So, um, I think we got a lot of work to do, but, um, but that app, certainly that project was a big, big, I think step forward for us. And like, you know, hopefully a demonstration of like our genuine commitment to it. So we're and really also, proud of it. I feel like because it's an app, it is evolving. Like it, yeah, yeah. we add content to it still. Yeah. Um, we're a part of the steering committee for, um, strides for social justice. We work with community members to see, okay, what needs to be added are, and also are there other communities in Oregon, um, who might be interested in an app like this and how can we help them start those? Um, so I think, um, one of the best things about that is it's, it wasn't a one-off event. Um, it's something that lives on and, um, and hopefully will grow and continue to be. Yeah, and it's also something you can do all year round and not just on the Marison yeah. weekend as we're talking about the Marison. <laughs> Before we go, Ian, and we know you're the race director for the Eugene Marison, but I think what people might know, maybe the people that live here, maybe people in Oregon, but not the peop all the people that have signed up and beyond and are fans and sponsors. You were the official race director of the World Athletics Championship Marathon Oregon 22 last year. So first off, this is beyond amazing. And Ian just makes it like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> um, but what are what is a super special thing that happened? And what are what is one thing that's exactly the same, no matter if you have 100 elites running or 10,000 plus amateur runners? And what is the total opposite? 
Yeah, so I think the thing that was most special about that probably was to do it here with our team, right? So it was me, Becky, Courtney, Larissa, John, yeah. our, like our, our Eugene team. Marathon yeah. team was the team that did that. Um, we have a very flat organization, right? We're small, we all make every decision together basically. And so first of all, the decision to do that once we were lucky enough to get the opportunity was like this decision that we all sort of sat down like, it's gonna be a big year, do we wanna do this? And like, once we did it, it was like, okay, we're all in this together, right? So I think being able to do it as that team, it would be very different, I think, if one of us had gone away and done it and then come back. Yeah. That's valuable too, but I think that just getting to go through it together, we process those learning opportunities together. So I think some of the things that are, that are different and the same, so, um, Medically, the medical, the, the sort of medical response that we had out there is very similar to what we're going to have at the Eugene Marathon this spring. Um, we learned a lot about how to prepare better um, for any sort of uh, medical challenges or medical uh, events that might happen. Um, and so we're taking a lot of that forward. The, the things that's different, it's, it's completely different in terms of just capacity. We were organizing a race. We spent a year organizing a race that had 60 people in it and like totally, totally different scale there, right? And so um, the, long, the duration of street closures, um, totally different. So ultimately it's a road race, it's on the roads, there's security, there's coning plans, there's traffic management, there's, you know, But when you branding, add an international like, broadcast to right, it, it we, becomes a completely exactly. different type of monster than, you know, a road race like like our event each year. I mean, we're, we're like, I think, I think we're all on the same page. I think we're like super, super proud of doing it. That's <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have it, lots of pancakes. We'll it, have the first yeah. Eugene Marathon brewed. That's right, that's right, yeah, yeah. Um, it's we're, using, we're using yeah. German hops actually, so you're, right. yes. uh, yeah. Great, so. I mean, be careful what you fish for, but yeah. <laughs> I'll say great. Um, with that yeah. said, thank you so much. No, Micah, thank you thank so much you, for for yeah. for letting us brag on our event. We love it. We we love being part of it. And thank you for signing up for our race on yeah. your birthday weekend. I think you know um, the biggest compliment that anyone could show us is signing up to run our race. So, um, and we get to throw your birthday party. Yeah. That's right. And That's right. I don't have to make pancakes for anybody. Nope. <laughs> That's it for episode 9 of Sport Oregon Voices. Once again, Eugene Marathon is happening right here, April 28th to 30th. Join us and me as we run in the footsteps of legends like Steve Prefontaine, Raven Rogers, and Ashton Eaton. Fly with the ducks over Autzen Stadium, cross over the wild with Yarmouth River, and experience the magic of Hayward Field as you soak in the magical miles of Tracton USA. Learn more and register visit eugenemarison.com. Thanks for joining us and we hope to see you here in just nine weeks.